Hello, hello, hello. So I hope you are all good. So just want to come on here to announce the next intake of the female fat loss program is now open. So we will be starting on the 13th of February 2023. So if you're looking to get results, get yourself some education on about nutrition and get away from that all or nothing approach, this is the program for you. So you will receive a program completely based off your nutrition goals that will improve your education levels, will educate you on how to train around certain times of your cycle, manage those pesky cravings, how to manage PMS. We'll also talk about if you've PCOS, endometriosis, pre-postnatal, perimenopause, menopause. It's for anyone that wants to come into the program. So what's involved? You get a personalized training program with video demonstrations. So you can do these at home. You don't need any equipment if you don't have. You can do it with two or three kg dumbbells if you want, or else you can go on to the next level, which is in the gym as well. Everyone can get results, or if you don't want to do the training, we can focus on getting some walking in or swimming in and or hiking in, whatever suits you. We'll set calories for you. So the calories will be set on weekly calorie averages. So that will allow you to have wiggle room for your weekends, for your takeaway with your family, and it will allow you to understand that one meal cannot mess up your whole week. Two meals cannot mess up your whole week. And that's the point. It's an education. I want this to be the last program that you ever do. You can also get free recipe books that are MyFitnessPal friendly, which have amazing brownies. Like people are like, well, I can't have brownies. Like you can't have brownies and you can make a part. That's why we aim for a weekly calorie average. We've weekly check-ins with myself. We've weekly Q&As as well, where you guys send in the questions and I put those out onto a weekly Q&A on every Tuesday and it's released as a podcast the next day. You also have a Facebook group with everyone is kind of involved. You can contribute as much as you want or as little as you want. And there's little incentives to kind of go in there. So who is this program actually for? It's for people who want to learn how to get the best results they can. People who are sick and tired of that yo-yo dieting and not seeing results or not taking any action. People who want to lose body fat, gain muscle, feel confident in their bodies guidance on how to manage PCOS, endometriosis, perimenopause, and people who want to kind of understand to actually manage those pesky cravings that they may be having. And we also, it's it's for people who want to be part of a like-minded community and support each other along the way. So the program is starting on the 13th of February and it is a six-week program. It's hands-on from myself. and I've li- I love talking to the groups. I love getting those Q&As. So if you you'd fill in your check-in every Monday and you'll get feedback from me every Tuesday via email and the results have been incredible so the statistics for people who are coming into the program 70% of those who sign up for one end up doing another one or another one which 70% is huge so some people end up doing one they go into other ones because they they're seeing results and it changes their lifestyle, it changes their mindset, and that's the biggest thing. So the program is six weeks, starts on the 13th of February, and the price is 169 euro. If you are interested in working with me on that, click on the link in the show notes, and we will reserve your space. I only have 10 spaces available, and that's all I have. So if you are interested in working with me in the Female Fat Loss Program, click on the link in the show notes, or pop me a DM, and we will get you booked in. Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So what we are going to do today is we are going to 
have a live with the Q, from the Q and A from the female fat loss group that is currently working. So I'm a little bit early for this one, just due to the schedule that I have on at the minute. It's uh, quite busy, so I'm on it a little bit early. So one of the big things that I'm trying to make sure is that everyone is covered. There's an awful lot of questions being asked, which is amazing to see. So what I'm really, really looking forward to is kind of going through these and making sure that I I can do my best with these. So I love these questions that kind of come in because I know that people are thinking about it. They're thinking about what they're doing. And it's, it's really, really important. So the topics that we're going to be talking about are the likes of clean eating. We talk about kind of rest between sets, which I've done an episode on beforehand. So I'll put anything that's been covered beforehand into the show notes. Okay, to eat a protein bar every day. Should I be sweating? Uh, there's on how to enjoy workouts um, when I'm not really enjoying them. And then we'll also talk about kind of like how much water should I be drinking? And does it help with weight loss? And is it on top of calorie counting? So one of the big things that I want to talk about right now is the element of clean eating. And this is an almost like a craze and it has been, it's a, it's a phrase that's been used for a very, very long time. And if you actually go on to say social media or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, and you'll type in hashtag eat clean, there's probably about 61 million posts plus on that. And it's a trend that people are kind of latched onto. And you have to ask yourself, what does it actually even mean? Like, the thing that comes into my head is the song with, it's provocative, what does it, it nobody knows what it means. Like, that's what it comes into my head. I'm not going to mention the name of the song because it's quite, it's, there's a term and I'm not going to definitely say it. So, the phrase kind of started with good intentions and it talks about whole foods, real foods like veggies, whole grains, legumes, plant-based, animal-based, nuts, proteins, oils. And it's meant to be that you're kind of eating as close to nature as possible, like kind of like our hunter-gatherers that we had in the past. Minimally processed, minimally pro- uh, packaged, that side of things. But what, like, the co- the concept, but we have to look at where the actual food comes from itself. So if we look at it from a clean eating mindset, it reminds you to read the labels, check the sources, and understand what's about the food you're about to eat. And that can be bogged down for people and that can make people like get a little bit OCD about things a little bit. So it's not my style to bash anyone's way of eating. It's my job to see what's best for you and work on that and what can be tweaked. But you need to look at how the clean eating thing has been very misguided over the last little while. And what it, the language has changed from eating whole-based, whole wholesome foods majority of the time, less packaged, to more of an implication that you're not eating clean, you're lazy, you're unhygienic, and that's simply not actually true. So what I what I kind of compare it to is, you clean your clothes, you don't eat clean. So what I mean by that is, you clean your you clean your clothes, you clean your food, but you don't eat clean. So like you're saying that you're dirty. Or you're saying you're a bad person if you eat outside of those kind of rules or restraints that you've set on yourself. And this has morphed a kind of a sense of awareness about food and this kind of diet-driven caste system that's out there as well. And not only does this kind of phrase establish a kind of a hierarchical model for eating well, it's it's 
another medium for actually food shaming people of saying, well, you're eating dirty or I'm eating cheat days or it's it's also putting foods up on a pedestal saying like, oh, I'm eating organic or I'm eating fresh market food and saying they're better than other foods. It's quite elitist. And what we're trying to get away from as a society and other things and other realms of our lives, we're trying to get away from educate or getting towards educating ourselves and getting away from this hierarchical system that we're trying to put on ourselves with food. It also is a phrase that misrepresents scientific evidence on food ingredients. And more and more marketers are referring to eating clean or high protein. These buzzwords that they're putting onto food so we will part with our money. But you have to look at it from a point of view. If I look at, say, agave, for instance, and compare it to sugar, agave is just another version of sugar. Coconut oil is mostly saturated fat, and orange juice or any of those is has a is concentrated source of sugar. It doesn't make it positive or negative, but there is quite a lot in it. I'm not saying it's positive or negative because sometimes it can be a great way of getting minerals and vitamins into your kids or to you or whatever it may be. And vegan chocolate pudding is still a dessert. It doesn't matter how it's wrapped. But there's too many things that are out there and they're already making us kind of feel bad about ourselves. We don't need there's another label of food being pushed onto us. And nobody needs to take that extra baggage of kind of like clean eating and inverted commas. But there's a lot of language, a lot of marketing about there. So the the, the reason why I'm bringing up clean eating is it's a, it's a mindset shift that needs to be had. So the sentence that can kind of come in is I tried my best to eat clean after holidays. I tried my best to eat clean after the, the weekend or I tried my best to eat clean up. It's not that you tried to, it's not about eating clean afterwards because that means foods are bad or good. That means that the foods are up on pedestals. That's not what we're about. That's not what my whole, that's not what my approach is. Because if I break it down into really, really dichotomous thinking, which is black and white thinking around food, is if we have too little water, we die. If we have too much water, we also die. So is water good or bad? So that's something to ponder. That's something to ask yourself. If we too little water, we die. If we too much water, we die. So is water good or bad? So we all know that we need water to survive. We all need know that would help us have energy. It would help us stay fuller for longer. It would help us with cognitive function. It would help us with brain health. It would help us live a lot longer, which the research, the new research is coming out on that. But you need to be careful what the language you're using around the food. Clean eating is a buzzword it's a marketing term it's like that word sin it's not really a thing the intention behind it was pretty decent but the execution behind it isn't amazing and the problem with that is that it can create an economist sense of value on a certain food or put a value onto a certain food and that can be almost put up on a pedestal and what that will do is if that food feels out of reach you're going to restrict it more And if you restrict it more, you're going to want it more. And if you want it more, you're going to feel worse about yourself when you eat it. And then that's going to build into food guilt, which means you are wrong. You are a bad person for having those foods. So that is an evolution of it. So that's the the train of thought that kind of happens what people are saying when they put pet foods up on the pedestals. But if you allow yourself something each day of that food, the exposure theory or exposure therapy, you'll feel that you'll be able to have that a little bit more. It's not about eating clean. It's probably about resetting. Maybe the wording wasn't correct, but the eating 
eating clean isn't a thing not what most people are calling it or not what the actual original kind of definition was so it's not really a thing so it's about resetting and going back to what you have been doing have your regular meals getting protein with most meals adding veggies or fruit with most meals more often than not aiming for aiming for good enough which is probably 80 percent wholesome foods 20 percent soul foods foods that add to your soul and give you um that add to your soul and make you feel your soul feel good the likes of the chocolate the likes of the crisp the likes of ice cream but sooner we can kind of get rid of that word about cheat days eating dirty eating clean or whatever it may be the sooner a lot of people will probably get the results they're probably looking for whatever that may be but it sounds like the the language that people are using is kind of has been taught to us so that means which is a great thing which is you can unlearn it which is a great thing that can happen food guilt has been taught to us that's put up on the pedestals by in our adolescence or it's been taught to us by our family or our grannies or whatever it may be and we can put it up foods up on the pedestals because it's what's been taught to us so we, that's the only thing we know but if we've got kids kind of that 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 next level is going to be pushed on to the kids so one way to kind of get away from this kind of clean eating and in inverted commas background is use social media as guidance not a use social media as a resource not as a guidebook so what i mean by this is if you look at anything that's on social media right now it's there's so much information out there and people are getting bogged down into the information and it's almost like it's a tool for procrastination rather than for knowledge at the minute because you don't know where to start you don't know what to do it's an information overload it's amazing you're interacting with loads of people i have had so many people on cool people on the podcast and will continue to do so but just because one eating style works for one person doesn't mean it's applicable to everyone that's why i don't really like those what i eat in a day some people love them but i personally don't like them because one the first thing you see on that reel or that video is someone's body what's got nothing to do with their body the benefit of it for some people is they're seeing that someone who is maybe body goals for someone has days where they're having food out of the norm or they're having those jobs. that's one benefit of it but it can also trigger people because you're looking at a body first the body's the least interesting thing about you it's the least interesting thing about you how you look is the least interesting thing about you when it comes to control and you say you don't have control you may not have control it's not nothing about the control around food is we don't have control of what other people are thinking about us that's what the, the the issue is and we want that social acceptance we want to be liked unfortunately there is a kind of fat phobic society out there you also need to look at what the definition of healthy is being healthy or healthy the word is subjective it's highly personal it means different for every single one of us simon hill i've said this on i'd say 10 podcasts since he was on healthy eating is according to simon which i really really like is when it doesn't impact on your relationship with food healthy eating isn't having a chicken and broccoli diet it may work for you if you're a bodybuilder but karen and susan down the road don't need to do it that way healthy eating for them may be improving their relationship with food having carbs every day having chocolate every day those kind of things so another thing is having more plants so 
when the definition of clean eating used to be less packaged, more wholesome from the ground, more plants more often. Let's go for it. So we also need to look at the past, the, the change in language to eating food rather than not food claims. So what I mean by that is brands and companies make an awful lot of money on putting these health terms, these buzzwords on products and on foods. Some of them seem totally legit. Some of them seem completely redundant, like something like, I don't know, protein, I don't know, special K or something like that. And we're kind of like, we drive, we derive better health from food, not simply from the nutrients that it contains. So if it makes you feel happy, it makes you feel energized, it makes you feel, that's the way that you need to think about food, not by claims or by rules. Rules are what are gonna destroy a lot of people's relationship with food. When you drop the rules, life is a hell of a lot easier, a lot more happier, a lot more content. Bread's not the enemy, packaged food is not the enemy, carbs are not the enemy. If you look at and actually write out a list of foods that you believe that are in inverted commas negative or that are going to make you gain fat, write them out and you'll be surprised how long that list is for some people. So trying to get rid of that clean eating. Clean eating is not really a thing that the, the, what the intent behind it was what meant well but the word the term itself now is it, it's been blurred and it's not that you're trying to eat clean after a weekend what you're trying you should be trying to do or changing the language around it it was i'm trying to reset getting back to what i had been doing previously you can't undo anything after a holiday i have said this to a client that on monday one of my one to one clients she's got a holiday coming up and i kind of said She's kind of like, well, how do I kind of stick to what I'm doing on holidays, etc., etc. I was like, well, you have two ways to look at it. You can either enjoy yourself properly, or you can pretend you're not going to enjoy yourself properly and then beat yourself up afterwards. And she was like, well, I'd rather enjoy myself. I was like, bingo. So like holidays are there for to be enjoyed. If you don't put on weight on a holiday, there's something up. That's the way I would look at it. Just don't weigh in for a couple of days afterwards. It's not running away from the problem, but if the scales impacts your mood, I probably wouldn't do it. So try my best to eat clean after holidays or weekends. The language needs to shift. The language needs to change. Clean eating, the definition has completely blurred. It isn't what you're intending it to be. Your clothes are clean. You're clean. Your food isn't what's clean unless you wash it. But because just because something's a vegetable or something's something else doesn't mean it's clean. It's it's something that honors gives you energy. It's something like change the definition around what healthy eating is. Look at your definition around foods. Look at the definition of what you put onto foods. And that could be a hell of a lot better for you. Um the next question is in relation to sweating while working out. Alright, so I think I've done this previously. Um I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'll answer it anyway. So we're kind of with the sweating is the question was yeah should i be sweating in my workouts the answer is it depends the answer is it depends um i know myself i personally don't really sweat when i am training weights but i sweat an awful lot when i'm doing high intensity 
cardio or running or playing a football match that's generally when i sweat um so just because you sweat doesn't mean it's a better workout a lot of people is like you need to earn it to sweat it's like no no you don't need to earn it to sweat doesn't mean it's not it's not this it's not the gold standard the gold standard should be getting to do a workout the gold standard shouldn't be how many calories you burn how much your fitbit says how much your heart rate went up how many calories you get to eat back that's not what the gold standard is the goal most of us a lot of i remember i had one client that when i was working face to face that they sweat quite profusely when they were training and we put out we had to put out a towel onto the bench in order to kind of make sure that it didn't go onto the bench but they knew that that was their thing and it can be down to a lot of different things it could be down to like it is a natural process it can come down to how your your body's cooling system your body may not be able to cool itself properly or efficiently so that could be why you're sweating or not sweating it could come down to your hydration intake beforehand are you actually hydrated it could come down to your genetics it could mean that you're potentially wearing more clothes or less clothes it could be the room is warm or it's cold there are a lot a lot of different factors it could be down to gender it could be down to age it could be down to water weight it could be down to humidity it could be down to the type of exercise that you do but it doesn't mean that if you're sweating more it's a better workout and it doesn't mean it's not a good workout if you're not sweating at all it's it's very very person dependent should you be sweating what do what happens to you normally are you drinking enough water are you someone who's wearing an awful lot of clothes or is there a certain style that is at play that makes you sweat more sweating shouldn't be the gold standard so i wouldn't use sweating as a kind of a as the metric or the bar for an efficient workout an efficient workout is right did you get your workout in that's the way i would look at it um, just because i sweat at a football match doesn't mean it's more effective it means that i'm literally i've had, i have a lot more water in my body before a football match so i can get through the workouts and that's probably why I, I profusely sweat plus i'm on the go a little bit more as well a little bit more consistently and it's a 90 minute match 90 plus minute match so it could be genetic it could be your weight it could be a lot of different things so i wouldn't say it's should you be sweating or should not you be sweating it's completely down to the actual individual themselves the next one is in relation to the elements of tips on how to enjoy workouts that you may not be enjoying so you need to look at a way to make your workouts fun are you seeing workouts as a way of burning calories are you seeing a way workouts whether it be running hit sessions training boxing classes whatever it may be as a way to move your body or are you seeing it as a way to you lose weight and that could be an important factor at play so what you need to do is do you see it as another thing some people don't enjoy working out some people don't enjoy training and that's cool you can still get results or whatever results means to you you need do you view it as kind of as another thing just to add on to the list but what if you started to enjoy it or kind of look at it and associate it with kind of like exercise or pleasure or anticipation instead 
if you've kind of built it up in your head and built it up your head like I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it and then the whole day goes and you don't get up doing it it could be something that you don't really enjoy and that's cool so it could be about trying to pick something that you actually do enjoy is it possible to go from dreading a workout to actually enjoying a workout 100% it may take a shift in your mindset to do it and it could be involved in kind of like powering through or changing the metric or changing the actual training that you're actually doing to see where you're going so tips on how to enjoy exercise that you may not actually enjoy doing is you need to probably need to change your beliefs around working out it all starts from examining what your beliefs and you're kind of replacing those negative beliefs with empowering ones so what i mean by that is many of our beliefs were set in childhood okay so if you participated in like a boring pe class where you're just rolling and tumbling and all this kind of stuff or you're forced to go on to the athletics field or whatever it may be or you disliked running and you were forced to do that you can develop this belief system quite easily that working out was something to be endured instead of actually enjoyed and you need to kind of take a step back and say right take time to actually like we forced into it as a kid by your parents who maybe are a high profiling family in the local village who are hurlers or GAA players or rugby players or football players and you may not feel that you match up to that expectation so you need to look at where do those negative beliefs come from are they still true in your adult life or are you clinging on to those actual outdated beliefs that are no longer serving you so once you actually identify those actual beliefs that are preventing you from learning on how to enjoy in a workout you can achieve a kind of working your way through maybe you need to adjust your focus and many people have trouble learning how to enjoy working out because they're focusing on only one outcome weight loss I'm not trying to lose weight at the minute that's that's like my goal right now is to get strong I've changed the goal my goal right now is to be able to feel as strong as possible get as strong as possible so that I have muscle on me that will help me later on in life that if I fall over or when I get older I'll have enough muscle on me to be fitter and healthier and it will add to my life when I get older and have that longevity like we're all living longer lives majority of us are living longer lives but we not may not be living healthier lives what I mean by that is we get to, some people are getting to a certain point in their lives but the last 15 25 years or whatever it is are not necessarily healthy because they haven't looked at the other 60 65 years before that so sometimes it can change that language around exercise as of kind of changing it because it becomes I get to train I get to work out rather than I should do this I should do this like I should go to work or I should go to the gym or I should look after x y or z like you don't as Tony Robbins kind of says you, you don't need to should all over yourself and instead of viewing working out as a way to lose weight reminding yourself that it's kind of like look at your car look at your house look at your kids you're you're taking care of the one thing that you have for your life which is your body your heart your head your organs every single decision we make can lead us to a healthy life or whatever that may mean or an unhealthy life and when you start changing that focus and energizing the body and improving your health improving your sleep little by little it builds up and builds up and you're in credit when you look at it that way and it becomes a natural extension of what you are doing 
so it really starts with kind of having that why why do you want to train why are you doing your training that you're doing i don't overly enjoy running but i know i need to do it if i want to improve my asthma or my breathing i know i need to do it in order to improve my performance on the football pitch and i know i need to do it because it would help with my overall fitness i don't want to be someone that just lifts weights and really unfit and unable to get up the stairs i don't want to do that that's not what my intention is but the shift in your mindset can also help you to learn how to enjoy the works that the, the, the working out that you're doing finding the right type that you enjoy is it a class environment is it running is it walking is it lifting weights is it crossfit is it rock climbing is it golf is it mountain climbing whatever it may be it's figuring out what adds to your life and maybe it's none of them and that's okay but i would question is how is it coming from that belief system that's early on in your life that you feel you're forced into doing it so looking at if it's adding to your life you'll create time for it if it's not adding to your life you're going to feel that it's a bit more of a chore and you won't feel that you can in inverted commas have time to train or have time to work out because other things are on top of you a lot of people can have this expectation of how long it takes to train or train to, takes to work out and they feel that they can't they have to be in the gym for an hour an hour and a half three or four times a week you can get you can get you can get decent results from 20 30 minute workouts two or three times a week if you want exceptional results you may need to do that a little bit more but you can get good enough results the the, the sleep the stress management the nutrition the protein all those different things will help you so if i was here like i i didn't really enjoy training because i was pushed into it for a very very long time and then i found hit training because it was a way for me to get an endorphin kick when i was at a low time in my life that can be positive or negative what i mean by that is exercise shouldn't be therapy can it help your mental health 100 but it shouldn't be the only coping mechanism that you have and i fell into that that's not conducive to to who i wanted to to to, to be it wasn't conducive to but it, it was a needs must at that time and it got me out of kind of alongside counseling it got me out of some dark shit but you need to look at it from a point of view if you don't enjoy training what do you enjoy doing what can you do look at that belief system check in on that belief system and you'll find where that issue is and try and find something that you enjoy like going for a hike potentially going for a hike with the kids or going for i know a lot of a lot of my clients at the minute are kind of like their sunday or one of the days in the weekend is their day to chill out with the family and kind of go for a hike to go for a drive go get a lunch uh, like a home homely hearty hearty uh, irish uh, lunch they go for a hike and they make a day out of it and then that's a positive reinforcement for the kids because they're leading by example it's that positive reinforcement of like this is what i'm associating exercise meaning that i get to spend time with my family i get to enjoy it and that can really really help you and it it's kind of it's kind of finding the fine line between excuses to, to finding a solution it's understanding your why why do you want to do it and changing the definition of why you're training if you're training for weight loss there's going to be issues there because it's not as it's not a you're not going to get the results you're looking for if you focus on what you need to do rather than focusing on like i'm doing this because i want to lose weight then there's going to be issues there's going to be issues and there is an issue at play it could be a, a, an element of it, a disordered thought 
of exercise disorder or disordered eating pattern or whatever it may be so i think it's really important to look at why are you training is it to get healthy is it to kind of have a longer life is it to be there for your kids is it to reduce your cholesterol is it to kind of have be able to kind of play with your kids what is what is the main goal what is the main goal if you know that you'll be able to check in on your belief system um and kind of go from there um i know one of the questions that kind of came in from you guys which i, I i'm going to check in on now is um ba -ba -ba, is where is it um sorry so if you listen to the podcast you're getting the real q a where is it um okay here we go Okay, so I know it might sound silly, but you talk about how little effect exercise has on fat loss, but I'd just like to know more on the exercise we're doing and what's the effect of it on the body. So if you're doing weight training, which the client in question is doing, training three times a week consistently, what it's trying to do is you're building muscle. So if you're building muscle, it's going to impact your bone health and improve that. It's going to increase muscle that you will feel better in your clothes and build more confidence. It will make you stronger. So you'll get confidence about yourself and feel confidence in the gym once you're seeing numbers go up. It will also increase your heart health, your cardiovascular health, your mental health, all these different things. But have you noticed that I haven't mentioned one of those is linked to the fat loss? The client in question may, we're gonna work through that with them in relation to like you're only in the gym potentially say three times a week potentially that's ultimately leading to maybe two hours in your whole week there's another 166 hours in your whole week where you're sleeping eating so it's not gonna have a huge and massive impact on that the biggest thing with kind of like we don't burn as many calories as we think through training we really don't but a lot of people think we do and then they end if once they find out or they have a calorie calculator on them they'll end up eating back those calories and they'll stay where they are. They'll stay, in their, they'll stay in their surplus or they'll stay in their maintenance and they won't be able to lose weight. But it's changing what the message is of, it's not about kind of losing weight. It is about celebrating being able to move your body more efficiently, having better mobility, having better heart health, having stronger muscles. So you feel better in clothes, getting definition in your clothes, so you feel more confident in a bikini or a dress or a suit or whatever it may be. But the exercises that are being for that client are full body workouts. So each muscle is getting hit two or three times a week. So it gives it the best chance to kind of grow that muscle. This person in question is new to the gym. So they will, first two, three years depending, will have thing called newbie gains. So they'll find it easier to grow muscle. Their body composition will change really, really quickly. Once they're adherent to it, they're getting decent protein, they're getting decent rest. But you need to look at what the narrative in your head is. Am I training to lose weight? or am I training for my overall health? You need to look back at that belief system and look back at that why again. And I'm gonna work through that with that client, but that was an interesting question that kind of came through. And you need to look at yourself and say, right, am I using this whole mechanism of kind of like exercise away of fat loss of almost as a, an a scapegoat for um, not overly enjoying training, not knowing what my why is, 
and that's always like why am i not pushing myself that little bit further it's probably linked to your belief system of the way you see it. it's probably linked to your belief system of why you're not actually pushing your sessions as much as you can not every session is going to be gold standard it's really really not sometimes you'll only be able to have 30 minutes in a session but what you can do is those sessions at like six or seven out of ten will build up and build up and build up and build up to kind of better muscle mass better health better memory feeling better in your clothes all these and better bone health so you won't if you less chance of osteoporosis osteopenia sarcopenia all these brittle bone or brittle bone syndrome when you get older and so it's, it's really really important that you need to look at that belief system you don't burn as many many calories you think through training changing the narrative around what you actually believe training is doing for you and why you are doing it and changing what weight weight training is actually is what the actual benefits of it for you are and then you'll be able to answer that question yourself are we using it as a kind of like a if you don't enjoy it well then we'll change it but it could be a, a thing that you are only using as an element of fat loss the nutrition the sleep the stress will have better bigger impact but that doesn't mean the training is not going to have some sort of impact it's going to have an impact on the body composition so weight loss what it says in the scales fat loss is your body composition which comes through lifting weights if you're looking to get toned in inverted commas that means building muscle so the only way to build muscle is not through hit not through running it's the only way to build muscle is through weights and repetitions and that repetitive overtime being consistent so you need to figure out what the belief system is you need to figure out your why you need to be a little bit clearer on that side of things um for that the next question was in relation to um how much water should we be drinking the answer is it depends so one of the questions that kind of comes in a lot is do you really need to consume at least uh, eight cups of water uh, which is about 1.9 liters per day um, so the chain the science in this has kind of changed in the last little while so everyone's going to be different some people who are heavier are going to need more water maybe some people who are lighter may need less water but we also need those recommendations come from your water can come from food it can come from tea or coffee it can come from actual pints of water itself or glasses of water itself okay so we need to it doesn't really make much sense to have a recommendation for drinking water intake specifically okay the body is very very good at absorbing liquids from all kinds of beverages there's water in coca-cola there's water in fizzy drinks and it's very good at absorbing water from food so many whole foods have a very high moisture content and a primary reason for their low energy density compared to more processed foods is that and this can kind of help to keep you a little bit more satiated have more energy better cognitive function all these different kind of things so we need to look at it from a point of view of the best way to see how much water is by what color is your urine that's the best way to check where you're hydrated so if your pee is like brownie yellow it means you're dehydrated if your urine is clear 
it means you're hydrated. I would go with that as the gold standard. Some people will need more, some people will need less. So the more concentrated or more uh, the more darker your urine is, the less hydrated you are. And this will make the urine darker. And we should be aiming for like clear urine each day as a way to measure our, our actual hydration levels. Rather than aiming for a target, I would probably add in that most people probably just need to look at your urine to what color it is, number one. And rather than looking for a specific target of your, for water, I would look at just add in more if your urine is not clear. Too many people are looking for another thing to aim for, another thing for aim for, macros, fiber, all these different things. We don't need to focus so much on those little, you're worrying about the pennies when you should be worrying about the 500 euro notes. And that 500 euro notes is your calories, your strength training and being consistent. Adjusting that mindset. The pennies are like your macros, your supplements, your, yeah, those kind of things. So can water help you lose weight was another question that kind of came in. Yes, why? It will come, number one is it will come down to your total calories. All right. So number one is total calories is the gold standard. Well, how can it help you to lose weight? It will help you to, to, to digest your food. So it will push down any excess food out and go out through a poo. Okay. So it will get rid of any extra food or reduce any bloating that's in your body. Number one. Number two is we'll keep you fuller for longer. Great. Number three is we'll keep you energized. So when your energy is good, your mood is good. And when your mood is good, you're less likely to pick on less nutritious foods. Number four is it helps with cognitive function. Number five is it helps to uh, keep us alive for longer. There's new studies coming out now that those who drink more water throughout their lives live longer lives. So there's direct link with that. Number six is it keeps you fuller for longer. So if you have a pint of water beside you at your desk, try to get that into you and it'll keep you fuller for longer and you'll notice that you'll be less, you're more likely to less pick throughout the day. So gold standard is check your urine color. If your urine color is a dark, luminous, yellow or brown, that means you're dehydrated. And a quick way to kind of get more water in is with your main meals, have a pint of water beside you. You're probably getting water in from your coffee, your tea, your food already. And you may just need to add, try and add a pint glass and see if it, one or two pint glasses and see if that makes a difference with your hydration levels or your urine color and see how you go. Does it help with weight loss? Yes. But it's not the gold standard. Does it help it? 100% it helps with mood, energy, cognitive function keeps you fuller, gets rid of excess food, all these different things. So would I drink water? Yeah. Um, calorie, total calories is number one standard though. Uh, so it doesn't outrule that. Um, so I think that's all of it. There are other questions that kind of came in which have been covered before. So I will put them into the group for you guys so you can listen to those. It was kind of like training around your cycle. I know I've spoken an awful lot about that. So you may need to uh, refresh yourself on that uh sleep and weight loss there's 100 a link uh so i'll put in an episode on that and then hypothyroidism which there's an episode on that so i'll put that in okay to eat a protein bar every day was another question uh protein bars 
neither positive or negative because it's still a food um the quality of the protein in protein bars may not be amazing would i rely on them every day it's up to you i personally don't uh, if you've ibs like me i don't rely on them every day uh, they have a laxative effect so i have them if i'm on the go or if, if i'm at a day of kind of like uh, an event or a learning event or i'm on a flight or something i might have them then they're grand every day if you want them there are better alternatives and there are other alternatives if it's okay to eat it every day just like it's okay to have chocolate every day but protein bars are glorified chocolate bars that's all they're it's just protein on top of it it's like that that clean food thing that's all they are if you want to have it have it if you don't want to have it don't have it it's completely up to you there's nothing wrong with them you're looking for me you're looking for rules to be made you're looking for rules you're looking for a guideline a framework if you want to have them and they help you great per like you could get them from better sources and have less calories in them if you had greek yogurt rather than the protein bar you're probably gonna get more quality protein plus probably be a lot less calories so you could throw in greek yogurt and a couple of squares of chocolate into it and you're still going to get that sweet tooth hit plus you're going to get more protein and probably be less calories but if you're on the go and they help you hit your protein target and they're within your calorie range go for it go for it um so if you have any questions guys pop them below i hope that has helped um and i look forward to kind of putting up the this will be released as a podcast episode so if you have any questions at all for next week and stuff put them in if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast episode pop your pop me a dm if you have any questions as well i'll happy to answer those and we'll kind of go from there so if you have any questions pop them below share review share it with your mates all that kind of stuff so guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast <laughs>